Shout out to my bros, Rock Kelly and Jacoby Grant. Straight out of Hampton County and graduates of Wade Hampton High School. Varnville, South Carolina is finally on the map. But for all the wrong reasons. It's showtime, people. Let's get it. Brothers and sisters, thank you for checking in to the Making a Difference podcast. I'm your host, Ken Macon. The name of this episode, I had a chance to uh, tell uh, a gentleman who's a regular listener of the show. Uh, he was talking about the, the previous episode that we just did, Celebrity Addiction. He was saying how much he liked it. He said, well, man, what do you have coming up next? And I told him, I said, man, we're going to do an episode. It's going to be called The War on Graduation. He looked at me. <laughs> His look was priceless, man. Um, and that's that's really what we try to do with the podcast, man, is we really try to, you know, uh, as the as church folks say, man, every round gets higher and higher, man. And that's that's really what we're about in terms of the movement. I've seen a lot of different conversations that have been happening in terms of graduation. It is, of course, graduation season. And I remember, gosh, I mean, it's almost been 20 years now, man. I graduated from Macon High School in Aiken, South Carolina class of 2001, man, just thinking about. My mindset, where I was as a young man, how I saw the world at that particular age at that particular time versus where I am now. Like I said, almost 20 years later, man, it's just there's so many things that you don't know when you graduate from high school. And I think it just underscores the importance of the village and underscores the importance of just being willing to take on. Well, I should say to be discerning about the information that you take from the village, man, because. As you guys are listening to this podcast, you guys may have gotten advice from, you know, uh, elders whom their advice did not stand the test of time. Their advice might have been short term advice where you needed some long term advice. But we're going to get into all of that, man. This discussion right here, I, I've seen the, the very specific reason why I wanted to name this episode The War on Graduation is because what I'm seeing is certain policies and certain actions that are being taken by administrators that are being taken by school officials that are negatively affecting students and uh, families and, and the parents of these kids who really should be celebrating, you know, this great achievement. Um, that is incidentally the case of what has happened in Varnville, South Carolina. And that's why I brought this up. And that's why I'm really showing love, um, you know, to those brothers I know out of Varnville, man, particularly Rock Rock uh, brought this to my attention. Apparently, there was a case where a student was locked out of his own graduation after his car broke down. You guys may have seen this information, you know, across social media. Um, 
but this happened to a 17-year-old young man at Wade Hampton. Uh, the school claims the boy was locked out because he was late, but turns out he was late because his car broke down. Of course, he rushed over after his car broke down, had his gown or you know cap and gown on, and there's just this this heartbreaking picture. Um, and it looks like it's a I don't know if this would be a Snapchat or, or whatever, but there's a message, and it says school has changed. They won't let this young man in to graduate. And there, I'm actually what I'm what I'm going to end up doing is, and you'll be able to see it as you're listening to the podcast. You'll see this picture, and I don't think people really see the the profundity of this picture, man. And I'm a, don't worry, I'm gonna break it down for you. I got time today. There's so many different things I want to talk about in the course of this discussion. I want to talk about this picture in great detail. I want to talk about uh, the sad irony of this happening in Hampton County at Wade Hampton High School, because you got to know who Wade Hampton is. You got to know how significant that is, not only in terms of our current political um, structure, our current you know political climate. But in just in terms of understanding history and uh, not, not only state history in South Carolina, but just, you know, our, our nation's history. And so I want to talk about that, but I also want to talk about in terms of other local schools and statewide schools and policies that, you know, it, it's really is it's nothing more than not only a war on graduation, but a war on students, a war on, as I mentioned earlier, you know, on parents and on families. Here's the thing I understand about graduation. There's there's two things I want to try to express before we really dig into this conversation. The first is I want to talk about the very definition of graduation or one of the 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 most familiar, I would say, definition of graduation. It is the receiving or conferring of an academic or diploma. That is to say that you have met an academic requirement or requirements. And that is confirmed by this degree or diploma. So. When you have these these kids or students or whomever, once they've completed the requirements necessary to graduate, there shouldn't be any additional respectability politics. There shouldn't be any additional foolery or oppression from administrators or school officials that would discourage this achievement or this accomplishment. So that's the the first and, and I think most important thing about that is, hey, these kids, these kids have done the work. They've done the work over a 12 year period. However you may feel about public schools, private school, I mean, however you may feel about school and education, different things like that. These kids did the work and should be rewarded for it and should be commended for it. The second part about this, and I think this speaks just more to more of, a, of the long term just understanding and and, and and not so much. I, I won't say long term. I think just the cultural understanding of graduation is if you think about your lifespan in terms of educational accomplishment. Unless you go to college and unless you graduate from college, th- that's pretty much it. Your high school graduation is pretty much an announcement that you're going to, you know, maybe going to the military, that you're going to the workforce, that. I mean, what whatever it, it may be, that is something that not only you, the individual celebrates, but your family really rally, you know, will rally around that. You know why? Why people uh, don't go to college isn't. Uh, a lot of times it isn't so much an intellectual thing. It's a it's a it's a financial thing. And so high school graduation is a big deal. People will travel from all over. You know, you may have family, you know, thousands of miles away to say, you know what, we're going to come into town. We want to see this achievement. This this means a lot to us. And so to have, again, administrations, to have school officials to 
I mean, for lack of a better term, I mean, just just be hating on folks and to, you know, discourage this achievement. I mean, to me, it's, it's getting to the point where it's warlike. And I think there's there's no better example um, than what I'm seeing here in this picture. But I, I really want you all to to look at this. You have this picture. And if you for some reason, if you haven't seen the picture I, again, I'm going to make this the, the cover photo on this podcast. So you'll be able to see it if you're watching that and. I encourage you guys all the time. If you're listening to this podcast, it's three things you need to do right now. Um, first thing you need to do is you need to follow this podcast, soundcloud.com backslash making a difference. Go ahead and follow it. Download the SoundCloud app. You got a thousand apps on your phone. Now you got a thousand and one download SoundCloud and follow making a difference. It takes maybe 20 seconds to do it. Second thing I want you to do. Everybody's on social media. Look, facebook.com backslash making M A K I N a difference show S H O W go follow two very simple things to do you guys you know i just it, it amazes me man like this is positive energy um this is informational energy man i'm really just you know I'm, I'm passionate about what i'm doing right now and i'm not just doing it for myself man i'm doing it for for the community i'm doing it for people that i care about people who otherwise are underrepresented and are disrespect and underserved and are disrespected man and that's what that's what we're seeing right now with this kid so I'm looking at this picture, man. Student locked out of his own graduation after car broke down. And so what I see is, so I see a young man in his gown. I mean, he's, I mean, he's obviously here for, you know, for his graduation. And he is literally has been locked out. And so what you have is, and for those of you guys who have not seen the picture, just imagine there's a young, there's a, just think of it in a school and you know where it's like, if you're walking into a football game, sometimes it's gated. So what you have is you have this young man who has been denied uh, entry into this particular uh, facility. And so he's he's standing behind bars. And I want you to think about that for a minute. But think about this young man standing behind bars and you have uh, the sheriff's deputy or, or some individual who incidentally, both of these two are African-American. And this caption says school has changed. They won't let this young man in to graduate. And so I think about just all of the, the ramifications, just all of the things that I just visualize about how society treats us as people and the system of oppression that exists. And, you know, so many times people say, well, I mean, you got, you got, you got a black cop here, but what I see is I see an individual here who is complying with a system of oppression. And these are the things that we have to fight because as I look about this, there's so many terms that comes to mind, you know, school to prison pipeline, different things like this. But here's a young man who is not succumbed to that. Here is a young man who has completed the requirements necessary for graduation and still he finds himself literally behind bars. So I'm looking at this and, I, and, I, and I'm saying, man, what what more is it? What more does it take? And I, and I know the answer to it. And I, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to ask questions. That I already know the answer to. I owe, I owe you guys more than that. It's not about what we should do now. What's being done is the right thing. I understand um, from some of the, uh, the folks from Hampton that they are actually uh, going out of the way to make sure that this young man is celebrated in the way that he deserves to be celebrated since the school system failed him. But I also want you to understand this now. Is that in this picture, you have the state of education, you have the state of education. You have the educational system in Hampton County and you also have law enforcement in Hampton County. And I can tell you right now, it is consistent wherever you reside that your tax dollars, the majority of your tax dollars go to in this order, education 
and law enforcement. And so here we have education and law enforcement failing this young man who has, again, completed the requirements necessary for graduation. And so this is where I just say, screw respectability politics. Because we're past the discussion of, well, you know, we get into this whole thing. Well, the young man was like, he had a extenuating circumstance. His car broke down. And so we get so lost in respectability politics. Well, this young man had uh, had his pants pulled up or this and that. No, this, this young man did what he was supposed to do. And he was still denied access. And there is a lesson here. And this is a lesson that as we go through this episode, man, I want to really impress. And I, and I think this is a hard lesson for this young man to learn. And but this is a lesson that we need to be teaching our kids and we need to be informing our kids um, about especially our, our kids black in America. These are the discussions that we need to have. And a lot of times people say, well, I don't want to make everything about race. I don't want to make everything about race either. But America has shown me over an extended period of time. Over a number of centuries, how they feel about me as a black man in this country. And I've and I've experienced, you know, various levels of just in high school, that isolation, being the only black kid in a, a bunch of white classes. And, you know, I, I've, I've experienced this in a different way. But when I see this picture, man, and I see this kid behind bars, it's so telling to me, man. And it's so disrespectful. He's behind bars with a with his cap and gown. And he's being denied access. And so many of us are being denied access. And this is where, I, like I said, I'm going to start this conversation about the war on graduation. Let me be perfectly clear about this, because I, I do want to talk about Wade Hampton and, and Reconstruction and all of those things. The school system, the Hampton County school system or whatever the, the name of that school system down there is, failed this young man, period. To not allow him to participate in these exercises, they failed him. There's no excuse. There's no justification for why this young man was not allowed to participate. The public, the school system, I'll demand it. <laughs> I'm demanding to write here on this podcast. If I need to write the letter, I'll write the letter. They need to write this young man an apology letter to say we, the school system, felt uh, the administrator, whomever um, needs to write this young man a letter. He needs to have that letter sitting right beside his diploma to where people need to uh, where there needs to be an apology. We need to start holding these people accountable. Why? Why? I've already told you. You're ta- your uh, taxpaying citizen. I don't care what people say, man. You if you if you are a taxpayer and most of you guys who, who are listening to this podcast are taxpayers, some of you all who are taxpayers in Hampton County. If you're a taxpayer and you and you are essentially paying to ensure that kids get a better education or afforded these opportunities and this happens, not only they failed this young man, they failed you as a taxpayer. And still it goes deeper, man. I got to. Um, <laughs> you, you start to live life, man. And I got to I got to share this quote with you guys by James Baldwin. You've probably heard it, but just for the sake of uh, this discussion, I'm going to say it again. To be a Negro in this country and to be relatively conscious is to be in a rage almost all the time. That's how I feel. I mean, the the name of this podcast is so functional, man. Uh, making a difference. M.A.D. Mad. Are you mad enough? And that's not to say that the, the, the good book says be angry, but sin not. When you're angry about stuff, it. It can incite you to action. It can incite you to awareness. It can incite you to all of these things that ultimately make us better people. It wakes us up. People talk about being woke, but being woke is to see things like this and to say this. This is unacceptable. But I just want to want to tell you guys a story very quickly. And you guys may know about the story because I um, the more it, it, so, so many things are, are essentially cause and effect. 
And I had a chance to I'm a look, I'm a resident of well, we'll just we'll just say it like this. I'm a resident of Aiken County. And so I had a chance some months ago to speak to uh, the city of North Augusta, to the uh, the councilman and councilwoman there about an obelisk that basically sits in the heart of downtown North Augusta. And so that obelisk uh, basically when I basically it honored uh, the. The legacy of Thomas Merriweather. That legacy is a legacy of white supremacy to the point where it actually uh, says the and again, this is in the center of North Augusta. There's this monument that literally says um, in memory of Thomas Mackey Merriweather uh, says that. In life, he exemplified the highest ideal of Anglo-Saxon Saxon civilization. And it specifically talks about his role and it's don't don't understand it's <laughs> it's definitely fake news in terms of his you know what he what he accomplished in that um in this in this conflict the conflict that's known as the hamburg massacre uh happened in 17 or excuse me in 1876 and um this should hit very close to home for uh for augustans and for north augusta uh, on July 5, uh, 1876, the small town of Hamburg erupted into violence as the community's African-American militia clashed with whites from the surrounding rural area. Hamburg was a small, all-black community across the river from Augusta. Um, and this is why you have to be so aware of your understanding of of politics and of political parties, because at this time, African-Americans associated with uh, African-Americans were mostly Republican. And so like many African-American communities in South Carolina at the time, it was Republican and with the GOP in charge in Columbia, uh, some of its men were members of the South Carolina National Guard. This is post-Civil War. And so what you're seeing is, is that, hey, you have some African-Americans who look, let's face it. We've been doing all the all the labor for a good many number of years. So what happened is with that understanding of labor um, is the ability to create um, wealth is the ability to say, hey, I can do these things for myself. And so what happens with that is, is with that work, literally literal working knowledge, you started having political power and political influence. So here's what happened. White folks got mad. Um, on July 4th, two white farmers, uh, and this, again, this is 1876 on July 4th, two white farmers from surrounding Edgefield County, Thomas Butler and Henry Getson attempted to, attempted to, to drive a carriage throughout the town along the main road, but were obstructed by the all black militia, which was engaging in a military exercise. Uh, this, Basically, uh, you know, generated racial tension and set up the aforementioned massacre. I'm going to fast forward through the story because basically what happened is this, is that these black militiamen were sought out and were murdered, were massacred. And they just didn't stop in Hamburg. Oh, no. This was actually a, a movement that went throughout the state of South Carolina. And... Ultimately, you have a, a figure, um, this individual, uh, Wade Hampton. And so what, who Wade Hampton, Wade Hampton was an ex-Confederate general uh, who ran for governor. Um, he actually used the Hamburg massacre to remind mostly white voters across the state of the racial danger of Republican controlled government. And I know that's a mind trip because <laughs> of, of how we understand the Republican Party now. But at that time. Here's what you had. You had a white man who took a racially charged controversy and used it to his own political gain. And you'll and get this one election and one of the 
most controversial elections in state history. And that's Wade Hampton. That's who this high school is named after. Go ahead and Google it. This one, Google uh, Wade Hampton, Google the Hamburg massacre and read it for yourself. And so this is the legacy that a county and a school is named after. Is named is named after a man whose legacy is oppression. Who's is named after a, a, a man who literally said, you know what? We don't want any black political influence. We don't want any black financial influence. We want blacks to be lesser than this is a legacy of white supremacy. And so when I see this young man again, cap and gown behind bars, this is what they this is what white supremacy wants. And these are the things that we have to fight. I know it's 2018. Hey, had a light skinned president, black, black president. I, hey, I get it, man. You know, racism is over. Nah, bro. This Trump thing is unearthing stuff that never that never went away. Racism is real, but you got to understand the effects of racism now in America and what it means. It's, it's a situation where racism not only is overt in a way that people are calling you an N word and you have police brutality and different things like that, but it also affects you systemically in a way that it wants to deny you the chance to celebrate your hard work. And that's what's happened to this young man. And that's the hard lesson that he had to learn. And that's why we need podcasts like this is why we need uh, freedom fighters, people who, if nothing else, would just stand up and say this isn't right. And to stand up against politicians, to stand up against school officials and whomever would deny kids these opportunities to celebrate their hard work and, and to celebrate the excellence that they've been able to achieve over an extended period of time. When we come back, I want to uh, talk to you about some of the other things that have been going on statewide in this war on graduation. I don't want you to take this for granted. As a matter of fact, if you're listening to this man, share, look, share this with your teenagers, share this with with the graduates. There's some real and profound lessons here um, that I think the community needs to know about. And I hope it just I hope it encourages political awareness and I hope it actually promotes academic excellence among you know some of our, our young people who don't understand. Hey, it's just not about you, man. It's about your future and it's about your community you're listening to making a difference my name is lauren macon and you are listening to making a difference with my handsome husband ken macon hey you yeah you are you looking for affordable health care are you looking for a pharmacy that you can trust well look no further the medical villa pharmacy on 1520 laney walker boulevard here in beautiful augusta georgia this may be a familiar voice to you. Hey, it's none other than Ken Macon from the hit show Making a Difference. And I just want to tell you about the fine folks over at Medical Villa Pharmacy. They're led by pharmacists, Dr. Marshall Curtis and Baron Curtis. And I tell you, they provide great service for many of us here in Augusta, Richmond County. They take Georgia Medicaid, insurance plans, charge cards, WIC vouchers, and they even provide free delivery service. The Medical Villa Pharmacy is conveniently located in the medical district near the Medical College of Georgia and Payne College Medical Villa Pharmacy. They are dedicated doctors, medical mavens, and a blessing to the health industry. What more can I say but head to Medical Villa Pharmacy, 706-722-7355, 706-722-7355. Welcome back to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. We're here talking about the war on graduation. And so what we have here, I think, is just a, co a collective failure of um, the school system and then by extension of uh, local government um, to really just facilitate uh, 
an environment of, of achievement and celebration for these young people. And uh, there was a recent case of that in Thompson, Georgia. Um, apparently, Thompson High School seniors and parents um, were upset about a sudden change of graduation plans. There was a ceremony that was set to happen at the Brickyard. And if you don't understand, the Brickyard is like uh, it's like this cultural epicenter almost um, in Thompson. It's just it's like a kind of a rite of passage place. It's a kind of a hangout spot. It's it just means a lot of lot of lot of things to a lot of people in Thompson. Um, and it's also incidentally where they have high school graduations. But apparently there was uh, some changes because of the weather. And so um, about 200 students and parents had to make their way into the McDuffie County uh, Board of Education building. And so what happened is, is that as a result, these kids missed out on graduation. But there was a more pressing concern. Now, it's the concern of, as you know, prior to these type of celebrations, you know, there uh, there has to be an allotment VIP, if you will. You know, how many people you got coming to this graduation? You know, parents, grandparents, different things like that. And so I understand that McDuffie County had to uh, cut back, you know, on some of those tickets. And I just to me, I, 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 I fail to understand how and why local government. And when I say local government, I'm not just talking about politicians or commissions or city council people. When I say local government, I'm talking about. Your those elected officials working with your school officials, if you live in a town and there's not a good working relationship between these three entities, um, your your legislative government, law enforcement and your school board, there's something seriously wrong. That means that your money is not your ta- again, your money. That's um, the money that you pay in taxes that's being allocated. By these folks is not being maximized if those three entities are not working together. There's no doubt in my mind. And especially not to and not only this, we're pouring money into these. um, Into these entities, but they're also asking for more money. And so my question is, okay, if you want more money, then where's this money going? But let me let me try to stay on topic here. If weather was an issue. There should have been a backup plan in place that could have. Or that would have that would have allowed for all of these folks to come in and say, hey, now, look, it may be maybe raining, thunder and lightning out here. It's a safety issue. There should have been a backup plan in terms of rescheduling. There should have been there definitely should have been a plan that or another facility that would have allowed all of those people to attend graduation. To not have that in place again is a failure. It's a failure. And I'm and I'm to the point now. This is where, to me, governmental responsibility and personal responsibility meet at the fork in the road. Because at some point, here's the deal. And here's what so many of us is as taxpayers do. Is we pay money into the system, but we never ask the tough questions. We don't go to the school board meetings. We don't go to, you know, the, the commission meetings or the city council meetings. And so we don't find out about these things until your local media presents it to you in a way. And you're like, well, I can't believe that happened. Well, here's the thing. You might be more inclined to believe it happened if you actually attended those meetings. And I and trust me, I get it because that, because we're literally so we're we're working, we're overworked, we're working swing shifts, we're nine to five, we got kids, we got all these different things going on. But at some point with the what's the word I want to use? Hmm. Duplicity. The underhand uh, underhanded ways 
the disingenuousness of local government through the acts that we're saying through the and it may not even be sometimes that, that, that they're being dishonest, but so often they are grossly underprepared. For just the smallest bit of adversity. Got to do better, got to do better. And we and we as taxpayers have to demand better. We got to start calling up to these school boards because here's the thing. I can tell you their strength in numbers. And the squeaky and their strength in being a squeaky wheel. So these are these are things that we got to start doing, I think, beforehand. We have to start being more proactive um, instead of instead of being reactive, instead of, you know, saying, well, man, we should have done this after the fact. You're listening to Making a Difference. I'm your host, Ken Macon. I, I want to wrap up this podcast by talking about. Because when, when I think about the war on graduation. I, I've had a number of conversations about a particular uh, set of. We'll just say un- unwritten uh, rules at North Augusta High School. It is uh, apparently not yet policy or it may be policy. They, they kind of they there was a lot of double talking involved. I'm just going to share it with you all. and You guys can uh, tell me what you what you think about that. When you guys see the new podcast and, you know, and we're posting this stuff, you can comment on SoundCloud. You can comment on Facebook. You can hit me up directly. I love having the dialogue because the first thing that dialogue lets me know is you listen to the podcast, whether you love it, whether you hate it. Let me know. Here's the other thing about it. If there are topics that you want me to talk about, send that to me and let me know. And what's going to end up happening is not only am I going to talk about it, I'm going to shout you out on the podcast. I'm going to say thank you because that's how I roll, man. If you got a topic, if you got an idea, you want to you want to talk about it, man, we can talk about it. That's that's what this is. This is a community show. This is a show for the people, by the people. With that. um, So, of course, North Augusta had this. uh, Basically, it's like this. North Augusta has this. They're trying to, I guess, enact this policy where in order to receive graduation tickets, um, seniors are to turn in a graduation plan along with one of these three options, a college acceptance letter, a military contract or an employment verification. And failing to do so would to, uh, would lead to not being able to attend the senior breakfast along with no graduation tickets. Ain't nothing but respectability politics. I had to explain that to a gentleman, um, a short sighted gentleman who. You know, wanted to make this about, well, kids should have a plan and expectations and blah, blah, blah. Here's the here's the deal. Two things about that. Number one. School systems are not allowed to to me, that's trying to legislate uh, a certain level of not responsibility, but morality. It also to me, it's it's an it's it's an overreach of responsibility of responsibility but it's also an overreach i should say of power by the school system but you know what it also is it's also an indictment of the educational system itself because what should education be designed to what what is education designed to do it's it's designed to inform and empower so if you have a kid who's been in your school system for the for over a decade and that child does not have a plan in terms of what they want to do to reach the next level if they've not been able to attain a college acceptance letter or employment. To me, that's an indictment of the school system. That you have not prepared this child adequately enough. To where they will be, they will be able to accomplish these things, but then so you haven't prepared them on the one hand and on the other hand, you slap them across the top of the head and say, well, you aren't prepared. Well, it seems like to me if I'm paying this money as a taxpayer, there ought to be some level of preparation that you that that. Um, that school system should be responsible for. So, of course, when this came out, there was a lot of backlash. And and look, 
Absolutely so. It sh- it should be the case. But let's break this thing down very specifically. Because I, I think people need to well, the board the board is saying that there's no circumstance in which tickets were taken or would be taken. They called us a quote motivating tactic. Uh, graduation rates are ninety percent across the county, and more than ninety nine percent of students know what their plan is after graduation. So if you if you have students who are doing well, and see this is this is another thing. You know, to me these are like almost like police state tactics. And I think you need to understand like what type of country you're living in. You're living in a country where you know, your president is is doubling down on, you know, gibberish about the NFL and the players need to stand for the anthem. There's all of this dictating what you should or should not do in terms of your personal rights and your personal beliefs and stuff like that. And, you know, what kids, what, what you should do, what you should be doing after graduation. Now, I want you to look at this now. Um, it's one of it's one of three things you got to you got to have. They're telling you, OK, you either got to have a college acceptance letter. Now, let me nip that in the bud, because let's face it, everybody can't afford college. So that's an issue. That's a burden. A military contract or empl- or an employment verification. So the military contract. I, um, I'm go- we're going to war for for this country. Now I understand the pros of it, but I also understand the very real cons. And you know, um, and I'll just say this because, like I said, this we're going to kind of sprinkle some things in here for the graduates. If you're a graduate, or if you're getting ready to graduate from high school, and you're seriously thinking about joining the military, I'm gonna challenge you to go to your closest VA hospital. I want you to go in there. I want you to sit in the lobby for about 30 minutes. I want you to watch people going in and out. And I want you to really assess that. I'm saying that as a young man who had an uncle who I never met. My uncle died in Vietnam. And so, you know, how in political, you know, political conflicts and wars. Understand war. Doesn't so much hurt the government itself. It hurts a lot of times. I mean, it, it hurts. The, it hurts the poor. It hurts those individuals who are on the front lines. So let's understand, you know, what, what this means. But I mean, that's and that's like I said, um, let me try to stay on topic. But I'm just like I said, college acceptance letter, not always financially feasible. Military contract. Some cases, man, I mean, you <laughs> you're putting yourself out here on the line and for what? Employment verification. OK. Are we to discourage entrepreneurship? I mean, what, what does it look like to say, OK, you got to have a job. And so if you don't have one of these three things, we're not giving you any graduation tickets where you can't come to the senior breakfast. It's a disgusting overreach of policy. And it spits in the face of young people who have already achieved the requirements necessary for graduation. I'm going to tell you what that's like. OK, that's like you. Um, just for the sake of example, you about to go get a job, and I say, "Well, you got to do these ten things to get a job." All right. So you do those ten things to get a job. You do your interview, whatever. You got, you got the job. Okay, great. So you getting ready to walk in the door on the first day of work. Hey, man, it's first day on the job. You getting ready to walk in the door, start your job, and they tell you, "Wait, whoa, 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 whoa." There was an eleventh thing that you didn't do, <laughs> and it's like, "Well, wait, I, I did." I, you guys only told me 10 things. So they tell you, oh, well, not yet. There's not. There's 11 thing. Oh, there's a 12th thing you got to do, too. And if you don't do this, then you can't start your job. It's, it's, it's giving you the runaround and it's giving you the runaround on account of respectability politics, on account of this overbearing nature. And let me help you understand something else. It's the it's it's a 
I, I, I want to make sure I, I maintain the idea of the podcast, which is to say it's a war on graduation. Let's talk about graduation itself for a second, like the actual, you know, going and cheering and different things like that. We've gotten to a point now in this process where you have certain school districts who are actually finding folks. And you can again, you can look this up, you can Google this stuff. This is just me pulling stuff out of thin air. They're finding folks up to a thousand. They're talking about thousand uh, implementing thousand dollar fines if you cheer, cheer at graduation. When I first heard about this, because here's my thing about about fines and different things like that. When you talk about a fine for something petty and just to give you an example of cheering at graduation. Um, sagging. When I hear when I hear things like that, like my my antenna goes up. And the reason why is because. It's a form of oppression. And. To me, there are times where it's these things are, are, are petty, but they're also racially motivated. Because if you look statistically and I wouldn't even say statistically, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and just I'm going to go out on a limb for a change. If you go to graduations, I would say probably on average when you talk about who's yelling, who's cheering at the top of their lungs at graduation. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say it's probably us, man. <laughs> it's probably black folks, but I understand it. I get it. It's like I said at the beginning of the show, man, this is it for us, man. Statistically, financially, high school graduation is it. Hey man, we ain't, I ain't got no money for college, man. You got to go to work. So this is a big deal to us, man. We cheering, we celebrating, we have, this is a happy time. And now you want to talk about find, finding folks money that they don't even have. Because, I mean, they're not using the money. I mean, to me, if you don't have the money to go to college, if you don't have the money to, it's some, it's some folks that literally don't have the money to, file, to send in the acceptance letter. And you're going to find, you're going to find these families, these individuals, a thousand dollars, man. It's insidious. It's evil. But this is where we are now is we literally have school systems, school systems who are um, boosted by taxpayer dollars who are actually waging war against the parents and the students that they're supposed to be helping to uplift and to educate. I'm going to close out this podcast with a, a message for just the young people, not necessarily high school graduates. I mean, if you're a high school graduate, this is this will probably be a word. I wish I wish I heard this when I was 17 or 18 years old. And I want to start out this this uh, this conversation by giving the, the the less familiar definition of graduation. Um, it's the act of it's the action of dividing into degrees or other proportionate divisions on a graduated scale. And that is to say that as much as graduation is a celebration, graduation is also divisive. And, you know, you as young people, you've heard all of these ideals for the last better part of 20 years, 15, 20 years. You've heard that we're all one. This is an inclusive you know, nation. But no. Graduation teaches you teaches you that hard lesson. It divides you, it divides you by summa cum laude, cum, cum laude. And so it separates you by academic achievement. But the world also separates you. In terms of racial makeup, it separate it separates you in terms of um, how much wealth you have or how much wealth your parents have. And I think that's a very important thing to understand. Um, 
And I, I don't think you can trivialize those those divisions. Now, when you're 16, 17, 18, 19 years old, the beautiful thing about being that age is that you all are so idealistic. And I and when you have those ideals, man, I mean, it, it really you really can help change the world. Changing the world or changing your community starts with you as an individual. And what I mean by that is, is that. You create the standard in your own life. With everything that's happening around you, politically, maybe in your own home, in your own neighborhood, wherever, you dictate the standard that's allowed in your own life. You have that power. Right now, you may be thinking about, well, what do I want to go to school or what do I want to do the rest of my life? You know something? You're in a position to make that decision for yourself. And God bless you if you have people in your life that are willing to finance that without putting their own personal influence into it. Or telling you what you should, what you should or shouldn't do or you can or can't do. God bless those people in your life, man. If they're allowing you to say, hey, I have enough faith in you because you've accomplished this, that whatever your dreams are, I'm going to help to finance that. That's a beautiful thing. But I also say as you as you're getting ready to graduate. Understand that. What school has been preparing you for school has not prepared you to be. A critical thinker school has not prepared you to be entrepreneurial school has not told you the entire truth about american history and make no mistake about it that's an advantage a disadvantage to not only black people but white people as well because it is told a story about american history that is not true and so it is incumbent that you read and i know you're tired of reading but see, part of the reason why you're tired of reading is because they put the wrong books in front of you. I'm encouraged to every African-American, every black man, woman and child. The book that really changed my life is a book by the late, great uh, Ralph Wiley. Why black people tend to shout. What that book did for me, a young man who had great SAT scores, who had secured a scholarship, who had done all of these things, who was in the church. It presented the world to me in a way that was brutally honest. And when I say brutally honest, I mean in a way that provided authenticity and honesty about race relations, about issues and allowed me to think about things in a clever way, an intellectual way. But again, in an honest way. And that honesty is something that is so important. And with all those things I've said, because I know I'm rambling, but I think this is this is the thing that you can kind of take. And it's it's the nugget that you can go um, go with and, and go be great. Put yourself in a position to where you can be financially self-sufficient. What I mean by that is don't put yourself in a position where you're thinking, hey, I'm I'm going to go into the workforce and I'm going to work for this company, you know, for 25, 30 years. Our country, this world, I mean, America is not set up like that. If you have to, and I really hate using this term, pay your dues. I won't even so much say pay your dues. Put yourself in a position where you're able to maximize your earning potential to where you're able to put some money to the side so that when you get to an age like myself, I'm I'm knocking on the door at 35. You know, people say, well, I'm going to retire at 50 and 60. You're in a place now that if you have a plan and you can commit to that plan, that plan may be college. That plan may be jumping into the workforce. But if you can put together a, a 15 to 20 year plan. You're talking about retiring at 35 and 40. Those things are feasible, but those things are not feasible without planning, 
and let's face it, some assistance from the people around you who profess to say they love you and support you. Hold those folks accountable. Say, hey, I need you guys more than ever. I think most um, most older folks will tell you this is a crucial age and, and we treat it. You know, like, oh, well, you can you got time to clean up some of those mistakes. 17, 18, 19, 20 years old, man, this is the age now where, I mean, you can set yourself up to have a good rest of your life or you can set yourself up to be playing catch up for the rest of your life. And as somebody who's, you know, doing this podcast and who is, you know, dealing with different things, you know, in terms of just finances, fatherhood, all these all these type of things, man, you don't want to always have to be playing catch up. You want to be ahead of the game. I think that's a good place to stop this podcast, man. We talked about so much, man. I'm glad you guys, you know, hung out with me. You know what I'm going to tell you to do, man. Again, share the podcast, man. If you can share a fight video or if you can share J.R. Smith uh, dribbling out the clock, then you can share this podcast, man. This is this is what it's going to take, man, to, to spread the word about these things, man. Black independent media. You got to be the change that you want to see in the world. And that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to do here. We're making a difference, man. But I need your help to be able to accomplish that. With all that said, man, I love you guys to the graduates of the class of 2018, man. I wish you nothing but the best. I wish uh, I wish upon you um, and, and pray for you for critical thinking, um, for success, for financial health um, and wealth and, um, and, and, and spiritual health as well and, and and also for for your well-being man be safe out here it's a lot of things going on man um with all that man i'm ken making love you guys so much peace and god bless all right so the episode just ended and you're mad mad making a difference but you're also mad because the episode is over but here's the deal the movement continues it continues on social media and far beyond social media facebook twitter you can go to facebook.com backslash making m-a-k-i-n a difference show and you can keep up with social commentaries you can also know when the podcasts are coming out you can also know when our video logs are coming out and that's the way you can keep up with that it's facebook.com backslash making difference show you can also keep up with us on twitter my twitter handle is difference making that's d-i-f-f-e-r-e-n-c-e making m-a-k-i-n if you want to follow the soundcloud podcast you can do so by going to soundcloud.com backslash making a difference if you're interested in advertising with making a difference you can shoot an email to making m-a-k-i-n a difference show at gmail.com that's making a different show at gmail.com thank you so much for your support i love you guys peace and god bless you win perfect